and welcome to the weekly check-in podcast with your host, Tim Prendergast. We're living in very different times at the moment. So each week, let's take a glimpse into the lives of some of our colleagues, finding out a little bit about well-being and how that's being optimised, find out how people are adapting to this new way of living, find out some top tips along the way with some good news stories as well, and a whole lot more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Welcome into the weekly check-in podcast. Uh, this is week 22, and it is a first, uh, because in the previous 21 weeks of bringing you this podcast, we've brought you different guests, but for the very first time, we have invited someone back. Now, uh, week five, episode five, we spoke to head of CCB, Tim Hinton, and we welcome him back for episode 22. Tim, good afternoon. Hi, Tim. Thank you for having me back. I'm, I'm astonished, but uh, yeah, well, good to hear from you. Well, thank you so much for, for giving us the time now. Um, you know, we, we record this on the first day in September, so uh, summer breaks had by all, and, and including yourself, I believe. How has that been? What did you get up to? And I guess the question I want to ask as well, does the head of CCB actually get to down tools for Yes, yes, absolutely. He does always, always have believed in that. Yeah, I had a, I had a good break in August. Um, I actually moved house at the beginning of the month. So I took three days off to do that, which was all a bit crazy, as always. Then I came back for a bit um, and then took nine days holiday. So I've had 12 days off, but it, it's felt like a good break. And obviously, for both of those reasons, I've had a change of scene, which is probably welcome, you know, so I'm now in a and a new place round the corner from the old one, same borough and everything, same neck of the woods. But um, yeah, no, uh, I got away. I, unfortunately, our holidays were messed around. We, we were going to go to Spain in June, cancelled that. Then we were going to go to Ireland for a couple of weeks, um, where my wife is from. And we had a, a couple of things booked over there. But, but in the end, we didn't go because of the quarantine situation on the way in there we'd have basically been in quarantine the entire holiday. So we, we didn't go. So we stayed here. I went to centre parks for the first time in my life. Uh, the one in Bedfordshire in Woburn, which I really enjoyed. The kids obviously loved it and uh, went with another family and another friend and her daughter. So nine of us in all, no bankers, no iPads, no calls, a little bit of checking the phone, I have to confess, but uh yeah, no, it was good to, to get away and definitely down to tools. I mean, as I, you know, as I keep telling people, you've got to do that, I think, more than ever at the moment. So, yeah, it's good to, good to have got away. Yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant to hear. And it segues nicely into the next question. I mean, you'll remember when we, we spoke all those many weeks ago, we were very much in that response mode. And that was the, um, the real message from you in terms of this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. And I mean, just looking back now, crikey, we're almost six months in, um, you know, just reflections on this time and, and, and anything that you And I remember I did have a little listen back to that podcast and you were you know, about uh, obstacle courses and things for your kids and, and having that time out. Has that continued? I guess um, with childcare provisions coming in now, that's um, maybe you know, not as, as, as pressing, but um, yeah, how's, how's life been and, and any sort of lesson you've learned over the last six months? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is different now. I mean, you're right in those early weeks, although it was mad, um, it was probably easier in a way to just, uh, I don't know, to, to kind of 
get on with things and just face into things. And I think the last couple of months have probably been a bit harder, if anything, as we try and work out what does it really mean longer term? What do we focus on? What should we be doing differently, et cetera? So I think my role has changed quite a bit in, you know, from those crazy days. I mean, long hours and exhausting then, but, but, it, but almost easier in a way. Um, I've really enjoyed having the kids around. I mean, if you'll remember, there's the two very young ones, so they were they're both yeah. at nursery, and and so you're right. We've had a couple of months of semi normality actually since they went back. They they went back in June. Um, the older one actually starts school tomorrow, so that'll be uh, that'll be different. And you know, I I, I worry for him, but he'll be fine, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what, what, you know, it, it's been a, it, it continues to be a, a very tough year for banks and for, for everybody, for everyone, uh, every parent, every carer, every employee, every boss. You know, it's it's very very difficult. There's there's quite little kind of context that you can refer back to and get help in. Really, you've got to make it up as you go along and try and uh, try and work as a team, as always, to plot your way through so you, you know it has been different but but have I learned a lot absolutely I've always learned on the job I do like history so I do always look back to sort of help me think things through but you know as I say I think this time is is very different I mean a global pandemic is you know it, it, there's nowhere to go we've just got to we've just got to get through this and do the right things and be as helpful as we can, as realistic as we can, as patient as we can, but also as sensible as we can. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's. I, I don't want to make any predictions. I think the next few weeks and months will continue to unfold in terms of the severity of this and the long-term nature of it and so forth. But in the meantime, we can just do our best and, and pace ourselves and, and connect with each other and, and you know reference things to people if you know I, I have no hesitation in calling people at short notice and just asking their advice I do think that lack of human contact and that lack of ability to just bump into people and cross you know pass things by them is is, is the biggest change for me so I you know you've got to make that happen now we've got to reach out to one another and, and make sure we've, we give people the access that they might need as well on the flip side I mean I try not to jam my diary so that I can make those almost, you know, impromptu opportunistic calls and, you know, just stay, stay agile really and, and, and open and, and keep reading, keep learning, keep listening. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be a very fascinating autumn, I think with everything going on in the country and both economically and um, with regard to COVID and so forth. So, you know, no predictions, but just staying on top of it and being available and being open, I think. Yeah. And I mean, you've talked so much there about that importance of connecting, being at those, that lack of the face to face, the lack of, you know, bumping into Tim Hinton and the lift at Triton and having that 30 second impromptu conversation. It's kind of driven a lot of the thinking around this next piece of the podcast, which is where we talk about that, you know, career progression. Cause you know, colleagues aren't having necessarily, well, that opportunity as much for sure, not being face-to-face to, you know, have those um, conversations with, you know, senior leaders and people of experience to, to glean some of that wisdom, that knowledge, that those stories of, of the journey that they've taken. And I guess I've got a real opportunity here with the, the guests that, that come on to this show um, to ask such questions. So um, it'd be lovely just to hear a little bit about, you know, your career progression. Was it a case of being eight years old at school and, 
you know, someone teacher asks what you're going to do when you grow up, and you're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lead a, a corporate and commercial bank. Has that always been in, in the in the destiny, or um, <laughs> what, uh, what? How? What how do you think, Tim? Point? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> yes, I'm uh, going to be head of corporate and, <laughs> corporate banking. I, uh, I was no. saying to Julian last uh, last week, and it was our guest that yeah, my 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 job was for about five years was going into many schools and. Uh, asking young people about their aspirations, and it was very rare um, that banker would would come up and in, in age. But talk exactly. us through how 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 did your career evolve, and I guess even more taking any advice or you know, reflections that you'd pass on to some of our younger colleagues wanting to be the best they can be. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I I never saw myself as a leader in those days, and and but. You know, in a way, I, I was a bit of a reluctant leader. I would kind of step up reluctantly if, if, if the job needed doing, but was always happy for somebody else to do it if they wanted to. Um, so, I, you know, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought that I would have been up, up at the top uh, of, of the bank or whatever. And I still don't. I don't think, you know, I'm destined to be a CEO or anything. I just but I'm just so hands on and, and want things to be done and done properly. I kind of often end up getting the roles um so i've always sort of kept moving i think I, I joined a company not because it was a bank but because it guaranteed i could work overseas that was my main driver back then i joined standard chartered and you know the the, the pledge was we will have you in one of our overseas offices within 12 months and they were true to that and you just you just kept moving you were you were part of a cadre of people that were international and, and you would sort of be moved around the world. And that was just appealing to me at that age. Um, I think uh, I wanted to get out of the UK, not quite sure why now. My father was an alcoholic. I saw him traveling to work every day and just the grind of that. And I just, I, I guess that might've been at the back of my mind. I wanted to do something different and get away from that. And then about five years in, I kind of uh, thought, okay, well, I'm ready for another change now. I'll, I'll leave this company and go and join another one. But I quickly realized it wasn't as easy as that. And when you went to talk to somebody about that, they would go, well, okay, well, what do you do then? What are, what, what, what are you? And you'd say, oh, I work for Standard Chartered at the moment. Oh, so you're a banker. And, and I was labeled then and I realized it wouldn't be easy to go and work for an airline or an oil company or whatever, because you, you had no you had no experience of it and, and it was difficult to, to keep moving. So I stuck at it. I enjoyed it because it, it was fast moving and I would take my opportunities as they came along. I didn't really engineer many, to be honest. I mean, I might have the odd one or two might have looked for the next move. But on the whole, I took my opportunities and I just became known as this guy that could fix stuff and could do things and could make things happen. And so I started moving quite a lot, both jobs and countries, mainly within Asia. And I just learned that way, just learned through experience. So my advice to young people and, and new joiners and, and people you know, around me is keep trying different things. Go and experiment, see what you love doing, try and work out as quickly as you can what you enjoy doing the most and what fits the best. And then, you know, do that. So although I did a lot of different roles and a lot of different functions and divisions and countries, it, it always came back to corporate and commercial banking, helping businesses, meeting companies, helping them fulfill their ambitions, giving them what they were, what they were looking for, or indeed countering 
what they were looking for and increasingly you get you get more confident in that and I got leadership roles and you, it, it, on the one hand it takes you away from the the coal face and I miss that even now getting into the deals and and so forth but it's also a privilege to be managing a larger thing and it starts with one team and then a country and then a a, a region or and eventually the whole the whole division so you know it, it's been a a steady career not spectacular but just just doing things well and taking pride in what we do and building teams around us and having fun and so on so i think the main advice is just keep moving keep learning keep trying things and then hopefully eventually you'll know which ones you enjoy most i mean in any job there are bits you don't like as much as others um so you've got to work out how to how to full you know how to get those done without getting bogged down in it sometimes you have no choice but to do them yourself and when i was a, when i was a young leader or a sort of young senior leader i used to complain about all the committees and all the boards and i hated that just sitting in a room all day and listening to people and but then as somebody points out but mate that's your job you're the leader of this business you've got to do it no one can do that for you you've got to speak up for your business and put in the hours and show the business in the right light just get on with it and, and sometimes you need those little sharp reminders you know on, on what is your job what is your responsibility um and try and enjoy most of it if you if you can enjoy most of the job then you're doing well probably so yeah, yeah. that would be my history really and i mean that's fascinating and i mean slightly curious and sort of links back to that last question about the learning and and as a leader like, have you changed anything about your approach as a result to, you know, the virtual world we now live in? Like, is, have you noticed a change in any part, aspects of your leadership? I think you dial things up. I mean, you know, the danger is always that you revert to type. So, you know, I, I probably am a bit too detailed sometimes, a bit too hands-on, a bit too in the detail. So I think trying to step above it and let people do their thing and you know, encourage delegation and so forth. So I think, you know, I try and remind myself of that. If if I get under pressure, I probably think, oh, I've got to do this myself kind of thing. So um, you keep learning that and seeing those those things come back. But I think the getting the team to work and, and setting the vision and setting the, the goals and having clear responsibilities, that generally works for me. You know, if, if the team signs up to something, and we all do our bit, you know, generally we succeed. I mean, we saw that in those early weeks when we had to do that. There was only one thing we needed to do, and that was, you know, get on with it, get remote, get get effective remotely and, and, and help our customers. And everyone knuckled down. As I said, it's got a bit harder now since then because the, the crazy days have passed. The facilities are hopefully in place. And now it's about, OK, so how do we steer this ship? in the best possible way and, and keep growing it and getting back to our strategy because you'll remember we had quite an ambitious strategy to deliver and it, it you know we, whilst we've adjusted it and we've certainly changed some time frames and so forth in terms of what's realistic you know we've got to find a way to improve ourselves and to modernize and to take the the rubbish away from the job that isn't necessary and the duplication so we've got a huge agenda still but with a different backdrop and it, it's about sort of finding the balance and getting that right 
And also, I think the other thing is, I mean, one of the reasons I came back a bit early from holiday, you know, we've got a lot of new leaders joining us and it's about constantly reminding everyone, you know, what you're what you're on, where you came from, just getting our business well understood with those people. I mean, Tony Prestedge started today. He, he, he's going to be a colleague of mine, but he's got a very important role in the UK transformation. Antonio Simoes, uh, new head of Europe. So Nathan's new boss. He'll obviously be looking at all of his businesses in Europe. And and I need to you know, put our best foot forward there and make sure he understands our journey and where we're coming from and going to. And then not last but not least, a new chair. You know, Shriti goes sort of sometime in October, November. William Varika will be joining us you know, next month. So just making sure that, that CCB is well understood and give me a carving out enough time for me to do that properly. I think, you know, those kind of things pay off rather than getting bogged yeah. down in the portfolio review in, you know, uh, a part of the country. Let other people do that while we, you know, we keep ourselves uh, on the right path, you know. So I think you just got to keep learning, but also keep correcting what you know is a weakness, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. It does. Um, we'll exchange tact a little, shall we? And uh, let's talk a bit of sport. Because that, something <laughs> That's I think always we both, a joy. Yeah. We were both yearning uh, or mourning the loss of live sport when we, when we last spoke on this podcast. But um, thankfully, uh, it has come back. And it's certainly not the same as, as, as it once was. But it's been great to have some sport on the telly over the last couple of months anyway. Um, so, in the spirit of that, and this wasn't actually a, a part of the podcast when we spoke, the old quick fire round, no preparation allowed, um, but we're going to give you a, uh, a, a sports special. So, we're going to find out some, uh, some things about um, you and your love for sport. Um, so, I'm going to start off knowing that you're an Arsenal supporter. Who is the best Arsenal player of all time, according to you? God, just, there are so many. Um, I'd <laughs> say Dennis Bergkamp or Thierry Henry, one of those two. Brilliant. Um, what is your, what's the your favourite uh, or or the sorry your best live sporting moment? Oh man, um, probably the the cricket World Cup final last summer, the one that England won and didn't really. Um, I think you've talked about it yourself because <laughs> you were on the other you were on the receiving end that day. At the time, that rugby World Cup final, Martin Johnson, but I wasn't there. I was watching it obviously, no. but just being there. At Lords was a, such a privilege to be there. I mean, it was tense. I didn't enjoy it so much at the time, but just having been there was was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, what was it like? And like I've heard that, like I mean, probably can't remember, but did the did the crowd go absolutely silent? Sort of that last ball, uh, like leading into several times. I mean, it, you know, I yeah. thought it was over a few times, but you know that having the tie twice, or the, the you know almost the tie twice, was just incredible. Really, I mean, the crowd initially didn't really know what a super over was or that it was coming or they, they thought they'd share we'd share the cup you know it was yeah. it was quite badly explained actually when you were there live i'm sure the tv guys did a great job of explaining what was what was about to happen but you know it, it just yeah very tense but a, a real you know one knew it was a huge privilege to have seen that match um yeah yeah it's quite funny listening back to New Zealand radio because it went on so late. It was meant to finish at six and all the late flights back out to New Zealand leave at sort of 11 o'clock at night out of Heathrow. And there's these stories of 
guys and girls who had to jump on a late night flight thinking they'd have plenty of time but miss the super over because of uh, oh my goodness all the drama yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow what an event um okay then what's the most memorable or what's the best moment of sport post lockdown i think i know well yeah i guess it's one it's the unexpected arsenal win in the fa cup semi-final and then the final i mean i you know i just wasn't expecting that um so i enjoyed that yeah and then another little bit of silverware on uh, on saturday as well indeed two trophies in one month um yeah you know i wouldn't i wouldn't have backed back that bet you know unbelievable yeah so you mentioned you went to centre parks over the, the holidays, so this may even uh, feed into the next question. On a personal level, what is your proudest sporting moment on an individual level? Oh, yeah, probably when I got my first 50 in cricket, maybe when I scored a couple of goals for the first 11 um, back at school. I mean, unfortunately, I don't play sport very often now. I was almost picked for a tennis team in uh, at a very young age, which was quite a proud moment. But yeah, I'd say, you know, those those moments when you can lift the bat and, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. And um, I guess not maybe on a, on a sporting level, but you, uh, last time you were talking about um, how your walk, your long walks have been curtailed due to the fact we were only allowed out for an hour uh, a day. Um, have you been able to get out on the heath and, and get some of those long walks? In? Yeah, we have over the summer. And Centre Park's obviously got the bikes as well. Um, I picked a dreadful week. It was raining most of the week, but we did we did venture on some long bike rides, um, which was which was good. So yeah, I feel I feel a bit fitter now than I was back when I spoke to you last. I'd say yeah. That's that's good, and uh, obviously you will be feeding. I know you've got um, your leadership team's got a memory walk coming up as well, which will feed nicely into our wider CCB um, objective of getting around the world in eighty days. So. Indeed, indeed. I really yeah. hope everyone does that, even if it's you know in little groups. I mean, I'm we're, we're trying to work out how best to do it and to get together. But please sign up and 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 do a walk and raise some money at the same time. I mean, you know, what's not to like doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Tim, um, Tim, before we go on, do you mind if I interrupt a little, just for a little while? Because a, a few people have said to me, you know, you've done 22 of these now. Um, you, you know, you're a fantastic guy and a fantastic presence to have in our team. Could I ask you a few questions, if I may? I mean, for, first of all, I mean, do, does everyone know your background? I mean, a Paralympian athlete for Olympics, is that right? Sydney? Uh, what would it be? Sydney, Athens, Beijing, uh, Beijing and London. Yeah. So four Olympics. How many medals have you won? What did you do as you know, you're a middle distance runner, are you? You are a sort of 800 guy or 1500. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you end up working in Santander? Oh, great. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you, you got it there. So middle distance runner from a very young age. Sort of my story is losing my vision at sort of, well, learning that I had a degenerative eye condition at the age of eight and being very sport, a loving sport growing up in New Zealand. And then um, something that I, my peripheral, and yeah, as I was able to go on to four Paralympics and win a couple of silver medals and, and a gold medal along the way as well um, in Athens over 800 metres. Um, I hung up the spikes in, in 2012 uh, after London. Um, yeah. And all those 
London for five years at that time. And during that time with the build up to London, it was fantastic. So I was both able to train and compete over in Europe, but also get some great opportunities to work in schools and go into businesses and, and share my story and sort of develop, I guess, a little bit of a product around you know, aspiration, being at our best, the champion mindset, all of that kind of good stuff, um, which was able to do uh, post-career into sort of around who was heading up SSG at the time called Chris Fellis, um, who um, yeah wanted to really, I guess, push the people agenda um, within his part of the business. Um, and uh, the role was sort of created as a, for a people development manager, um, of which, you know, someone that has a story, that has experience in coaching, that has experience in delivering workshops, and maybe just a slightly different perspective to come in and be that person that sits amongst the people that he, he or she serves. And um, two and a half years later, it's a, it's a remit that's gone sort of ceased to be wide and it's a great privilege to be part of the team. And I guess in particular in the last six months, it's you know, something that I've been very focused on for, for many, many years, knowing the, the virtues and of well-being and having that mind in the best place it can be and how it can impact on our state of mind, but our performance as well. And, and I guess perversely that's been, you know, brought to front and center and it's fantastic and not just that you're the guy asking the questions but to have someone at the top who, who believes that as well and, and is really you know, supporting that agenda well well done to you i mean it, you know i guess it started as like an athlete mentor and then it became a broader uh, through schools and things but i mean what what a fantastic time for you in a way you know as the sort of ultimate guy who's overcome disability and challenges do you, do you think I mean, do you, do you use your your experience in this widely now, or are you are you 100% with us? I mean, we're very privileged to have you. But I mean, are you still involved in schools and, and athletics and sport as well? Or um, I do. Yeah, I mean, I've a lot of and actually Bank with Arts is great a charity called the Youth Sport Trust. Um, who do a lot for you know supporting young people and uh, push the role of PE and play in um, you know the education curriculum. Um, so from time to time, I, I do a little bit um, sort of stuff off um, with with them. Um, they've been you know great to me over over many years. So I've you know, given back on, on a couple of occasions to them. Uh, you know, 99% of me is invested in in what I do here and. It's been fantastic to, you know, you have that autonomy to to be creative. You know, put together a podcast which you know, has been you know, spawned from from this year, and and having you know delivering about how we can make those little marginal gains. And to everyone, whether you've been in the industry for thirty years or, or just starting out, a lot of as an athlete and that I continue to learn through the podcasts I listen to and um, you know the events that I attend in terms of you know, developing you know my knowledge um, I just love to spread that and not to say to people that this is what you should do but it's you know, yeah. here's some ideas here's some things that work for me and other people yeah I mean you've got a great style Tim so we 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 applaud you and uh, politically correct answer but you know please keep keep those connections into your old world as well I'm sure that'll help you uh, have a very long and successful and hopefully very broad career but you know please keep helping us because we need you right now so thank you for for doing this 
first pleasure. Thank you. Oh, that's a, a bit of a shock. Um, let's go if I can grab that metaphorical microphone back off you, Tim. Yep. Yeah. Sorry um, for that. But, I, but a few people have asked me, you know, can Tim be interviewed by somebody? So I thought I'd have a little amateur crack at it. So well done. Not amateur at all, and uh, no, the way you conducted those interviews with uh, our ex coach been uh, been brilliant on the CCB talk. So, so bring uh, but um, so as always, be fantastic just to get, I guess, a message. Um, we've talked a little bit about the last few months during this call, so maybe you know the the leaves that are coming off the tree, autumn, new season, people back from summer. Maybe just a piece to finish with in terms of the opportunities that, that lay ahead. You know, we all know that you know, there's a lot of work to be done and, and things, um, and there's a lot of uncertainty as well. Um, but just some uplifting words from yourself to finish would be fantastic. Yeah, so look, I, th- I think, I mean, in a way, we've, we've got a nice position uh, in CCB Santander. I mean, you know, we're a fairly small but not I- insignificant player i mean it's a it's a good business and and we've got lots to do to improve it but i you know i think we're in a decent position vis-a-vis our competitors i think you know there's lots of change afoot in in the company as as we know um you know new leadership that i've talked about that i that i need to kind of get up to speed on what we're doing and how we're doing that but i i would be very optimistic i mean i i've spent quite a lot of time lately going through the, the credit portfolios because that is probably our number one risk uh, in terms of that, that credit provision line and, and getting comfortable with, you know, being on top of the credits. I mean, yes, we've got, we, we'll have a few issues. Of course we will. I mean, there's going to be an almighty slowdown or recession or whatever you want to call it. But I think, you know, we're, we're well placed at the moment. Most of our customers have, have been carefully chosen and selected they're mainly saying that their trading through the summer and, uh, you know, has been slightly better than they had forecast and planned for. So that's good news. You know what? Yes, it's uncertain. There may be lots of bumps or there will be lots of bumps, but there could be uh, another big lockdown or, or, you know, quiet period that I hope that they've got the liquidity and, and the fire, firepower to, to last and out, you know, out, outlive and so forth. But I, I would be optimistic. I think we've got a, a nice sized business. We all know each other. You know who to talk to. We will help you. No one's going to get punished if they raise a concern or, or you know, we've got some bad uh, things to, to work through. We work well as a team on that. So I think, you, you know, I, I would be positive for people. You, you know, I'm sure we've all got friends who have been made redundant or may not be returned uh, after furlough, etc. You know, relatively speaking, we are in a, a good company with with global reach um, and, and a patient uh, outlook on things. So we've got time as long as we do adjust and we make sensible decisions along the way and we make some hard choices occasionally. You know, there will be a, a long term future here. I'm convinced of that. Brexit is also upon us. And that, remember, you know, whilst it's a pain for companies, we can guide them through that. We have a, an expertise and an interest and a curiosity about doing business cross border and about unlocking doors and giving people alternatives. You know, so we've got a very obvious um, CVP advantage over many, many competitors. And I think we've got to use that and talk about that and not just the doom and gloom part of Brexit and the, the chaos and the political concerns, etc. But 
the future. You know, companies want to trade overseas, buying and selling, and we can enable them to do that and show them the changes that, that they have to make because they will have to make changes um, to how they do things and there'll be new ways of importing and exporting and so on. So let's be on the, on the, on the forefront. Many of our customers won't need that, but they like us for other reasons. And, you know, that client intimacy and that being the best we can be, the best response, uh, most open and honest and, and, and truthful, you know, that's a great backdrop for us. You know, we've got to get back to the top of the MPS charts very quickly because that is us. You know, if, if we're not the best, we're certainly not the biggest. So, you know, that's going to be a problem. So, you know, I think just just stay focused. Let's do what we do well. Let's work well as a team. Let's collaborate. Let's try and open more doors. I mean, I think the big one for me is, you know, we've got a, a decent balance sheet size and, and, you know, we're matched deposits. In fact, we're longer deposits than loans, which is good. But we need more versatile and, and varied income streams. And we've just got to broaden and deepen our relationships, what we do for our customers. I mean, if, if we can do those things and if we stay focused on capital, on pricing discipline and on picking those winning companies, I mean, easier said than done sometimes, but, you know, we will win, we will come through this and we will be a, a much better business for it. So let's think ahead, be the best we can be and, you know, make some ground through this time when everyone else is going to be worse off than us. They'll have more distractions They'll have more write-offs. They'll have more credits in the hospital unit than us. And we can chip away and, and, and come out strong. So I'm very optimistic. I think a break has done me the world of good, as always. And, and I'll keep taking them. Um, but, you know, let's do what we do best and, and be, good, be good corporate bankers and, and strategic partners. Oh, Tim, thank you so much. I, I peer down at the clock here and I think it's ticking on 32 minutes so i mean we're at two o'clock on a tuesday afternoon and the fact you've you know, given openly and, and spoken openly over the last half hour is, is a, a real testimony to you so thank you so much and um i'll put it out there i'm gonna i know your diary's very busy but i reckon maybe episode 36 or 37 just before christmas i'm thinking even maybe across the table could we be ambitious and and, and do one oh, and do a let's, sort of end let's of year podcast wrap up Let's go for it. Let's go for it. And if not, then the, the first one of 2021. How does that sound? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thanks, Tim. Look, awesome. thanks for everything thanks. you're doing. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. And thanks for breaking that for this. I, I, I think that's also testimony to you. And uh, good luck with the kids at school this week. I know it's been a long gap. So fingers crossed. All goes well. Yeah. Thanks okay. Take care. Take care. Bye. 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 Seventeen episodes and eighteen weeks on. It was brilliant to catch up with Tim Hinton. Tim, thank you so much for being so giving of your time. Uh, when we had you on the show all those weeks ago, the feedback that came back was um, really positive in the sense of how open and uh, willing you were to talk about things, you know, not only business related. And I think again. Uh, you brought that spirit of conversation um, to the podcast today. So for that, we very much thank you. And uh, Shu being on the other foot, it is certainly 
not as easy answering the questions uh, as it is to ask them. So that was a bit of an adventure as well. Always a privilege bringing you these conversations and and, uh, being able to interview uh, colleagues from throughout the business and uh, occasions like today. Uh, Real highlight. Thanks very much for joining us, everybody. We'll catch you again same time next week. Bye for now.